people. Well, hi. Troy Williams. Remember me, Autumn Thatcher. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, back yeah. it in, and yeah, yeah. we. And hey, are you here for radioactive? I am. Oh, I'm honored. Which I wore the shirt. Yes, awesome. And I feel like I have to get a selfie with yeah, you. Yeah, we will. That's perfect. Like I'll interview you. Okay. First, but Tom and I want a red carpet photo before together. Yeah, we will. This is my old talk show. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I have to talk to Troy no matter what I'm doing tonight is talking to you. Uh, yeah. So I've been following you on Instagram yeah. and so even pre-Laura asking if I was up for doing yeah. this tonight, I've been really curious about your involvement yeah. with this yeah. production and I mean, you've been out in LA, you've been, just yeah. tell me all the things. No, what no. have you... What has it well, been like, and what is your um, what is your role been? Yeah, this? so I've been hired to, uh, by Justin Lance Black to be a consultant on the series. I'm working with him for over two years on this now, um, developing the scripts, really going through everything line with a fine tooth comb, making sure that the series is historically, theologically, theologically, and historically uh, and culturally accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, you know, we, we and we just really got in deep and really started engaging the themes and the ideas of, of the series. And then as we went into production, I started working with the actors like Andrew Garfield, really helping them to really understand the, the Latter-day Saint experience from across the spectrum. So I introduced them to bishops and active Mormons, people who'd left the church, uh, people that were struggling with the church. Uh, as you'll, you'll see in the series, uh, his character begins to really um, question a lot of uh, uh, doctrines and ideas that he'd grown up with. So I wanted to introduce him to people that could help him on that journey. And so, yeah, and then of course, and then in post-production and on the set, we would work on making sure that the actors would say Zion and not Zion, you know, all those little quirks. The Utahs. The little, the little Utahisms, you know, and, and so, so yeah, so I've been really, literally working on, on the, the series from the inception with the scripts to post-production. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And how, um, what, who are some of the people, are, are there any people that uh, you introduced to him, um, at, like, throughout this consultancy that yeah. Recognize yeah, listeners? I mean, well, uh, Lindsay Hanson Park, who's right behind me, um, is, is our historian on the set, and I kind of brought her onto the, the show. And I, I made sure we got a dialect coach that um, used to live in Utah and had kind of a Mormon background, so that so that, that people would pronunciate things right. And uh, and then just um, yeah, we just I, I don't want to say exactly who, but I, I'm talking with bishops and and, uh, and other active members of the church who like who kind of came together and, and chatted with us. So yeah, well, um, I'm. Sure of course you know because you read the news and by nature of your job but there's already uh, so much out there like yeah, just yeah, in the local yeah. media about like what this is and what it isn't I and know, um, know. you know one of the articles that I'm like just read prior to coming here was in the D News where they're talking about um, something about how this is bad for Mormons yeah. and um, then the writer also mentioned that the people that were brought in to consult on the film or to like whatever were not like yeah, current active Mormons. The, so. the Desert News story isn't accurate. They never, well, that particular uh, journalist never bothered to call us and mm-hmm. ask questions. So, um, but there were several active members of the church that met with uh, the production team, with Andrew Garfield, with Dustin Lance Black, uh, and talked through different issues. Um, and had Desert News call us, they would tell them that. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> and I kind of got sense that as you were talking. Yeah. That's why I wanted to be sure to ask yeah, that yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and wh- 
so one question that I have, having not seen it, anything besides the trailer and doing the research, is I do think that it's, it seems like there is possibility for maybe someone who's not familiar with the LDS Church to watch this and maybe confuse or mistake like the fundamentalist with the yeah, modern. And yeah. Would you say that that's true well, as, and a true assumption? Or? You know, if, if, the, if the viewer is lazy, um, the, 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 there's a lot of things that they may miss. But I think this series is a really good job at showing the different kinds of Mormonism. Uh, Brenda's family is very devout and mainstream. Uh, the Lafferty's um, were mainstream, but really started getting involved in anti-government groups, patriot groups, conspiracy theories, and then started um, exploring fundamentalism. So there is a broad spectrum. Um, the, the Andrew Garfield's character is a very mainstream, active Latter-day Saint, to which this world of Mormon fundamentalism is alien to him. And it's shocking to him. And so I think as he's discovering um, different aspects of the Mormon restoration tradition, um, the audience does as well. Because you know, it's, Mormonism is much bigger than the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There are many breakoff groups who all claim divine authority from Joseph Smith. And they all believe each other are apostate. <laughs> so, um, so, so that, you know, we can't be so LDS centric to think that our tradition is the only valid tradition. Mm -hmm. um, they all think that, um, but it's much broader, and 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 the experience is much wider. So, um, so we explore all of them. And I think too, uh, not to be LDS centric. Uh, another reason not to be is that at the heart of this, this is a woman and her yes. baby girl. That's right. And that is That's right. That's right. I mean, yes. Yeah. We can't disgusting. get away from that. And and the heinous things that people do in the name of God mm -hmm. or using religion as a justification for uh, abhorrent behavior, whether it's murder or or um, sexually abusing children as Warren Jeffs did. So we have to be willing to examine the shadows and shine light into the darkness. I always think of the, of the Carl Jung quote that we don't become enlightened by imagining uh, beings of light. We become enlightened when we make the darkness conscious. And so I think in order for us to heal as a community and to be full and to be healthy, we have to have the courage um, to actually go in and illuminate light in darkness. And I think this is what this series does. Well, that's very beautifully said. <laughs> and I know you've got to go in. One last question. Yes. Since this is your former show, yeah, yeah. What is, is there anything that I didn't ask that you want you to make sure listeners awesome. hear? <laughs> you got it. You get, you get it. All right. Just get out to the smart people now. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I will go and we'll say hi to her. All right, thank you so All right, much. thank you. Hi. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm Lindsay. I'm with Hi, Lindsay. I'm Autumn, and I'm representing KRCL Radioactive tonight. So, um, yes. So, tell me about the uh, the work that you did with Troy Consulting on the miniseries, and what was uh, Troy kind of shed some light into the, the the work that you all did together, and the different types of individuals and representatives from the LDS Church that you introduced um, members of the film or the miniseries to. Um, what was that experience like, and how did you go about ensuring that all the different sides that you felt like needed to be heard were heard? So I've been researching Mormon fundamentalism for the last decade, and uh, it's part of my expertise, and I run a Mormon open forum nonprofit with scholars and historians, access to all the you know Mormon scholars and historians. So I was, I think, in a really good position to be able to bridge this gap because my work is about trying to get 
different branches of the Mormon diaspora to interact. And historian Steve Shields estimates there's over 487 break-off sects and expressions of Mormonism. And the Lafferty story is a perfect example of how this happens. I think it's more common than people realize. It certainly was for me growing up in the mainstream church. I had no idea how common fundamentalism was around me and polygamy and all these things that sort of have pushed away from our history. And so for me, it was a it was a really big responsibility because this is a story that belongs to so many people, to an entire community. And, you know, I'm supposed to be fact-checking and making it honest, as, as Lance said. So the weight of that was was very uh, heavy for me. So I tried to be as careful as I could. We consulted some of the best historians, uh, experts on certain topics. For example, when we did certain Joseph Smith scenes, we examined every single source. Of course, the show is going to give scholars something to debate about, you know, the artistic portrayal, but we did really go over every little scrap of source information we could to debate what choices we're going to make. So that was great. I was able to work with um, current sitting bishop and uh, current sitting Relief Society president and a temple worker who uh, doesn't want her name involved, but she helped us on some really critical scenes. And then, you know, talked to so many Mormon fundamentalists on the show and who are here tonight. We've invited a lot of them because this is their story too. And it, and obviously at the heart of the story, well, maybe, I would argue that um, the perhaps the story almost mo- more, most, do you need to go over there those pictures? Hold on, I don't think they, it's Yeah. What, how is it going to frame it? Perhaps, I would maybe argue, just not having seen it yet, but that one of the most important elements of the story, the story belongs to... The, the woman, Brenda, and her daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, so, were you, how, what, I think, how would you say that, that this does on making sure that their voices are still represented, that their story is heard, that the, like, hopefully viewers aren't going to get too distracted and arguing about what this mm-hmm. LDS group things versus this one because at the heart of it a woman and her child were killed exactly exactly and I'm so glad that you brought that up because one of my frustrations within my own community is that when we hear about these things these active violence these uh, sort of abhorrent stories our first instinct is to distance ourselves they're not a part of us we are different they're separate and we never say wow what a horrible murder we say first it's separate wow what a horrible murder and I think it should be the other way around. Mm-hmm. It should it always be the outrage and so say, instead that, of trying to run away from it, stop and look at head on and say, where is it right, showing up? Why is it showing up? And what can we do? About it? And I think that the show confronts these questions. It's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, a woman was murdered because she went off script. And so as long as the, com- the community keeps recapitulating that pattern, which we're seeing around the discussion of the show, it's feeding into the problem. You know, when, when a woman speaks up and says something that isn't quite right, she was punished for it. And, you know, as a woman who's been outspoken in my faith, I absolutely know what that feels like. Um, and luckily for me, I didn't have the faith that Brenda did. You know, hers is a, certainly an extreme case. But it happened, mm-hmm. and why did it happen, and how are we individually in this community uh, fostering that and feeding that and recapitulating that? And do you think that there's opportunity for, for viewers to explore that and hopefully to face that and, and as far as like acknowledging that, maybe even confronting themselves, like if they're getting lost in the whole 
dialogue of oh this is the religion this isn't but making it about this is this is a woman who was murdered because she went off script and not only was she murdered but her daughter another woman uh, like a tiny you know I mean it's horrible and I think it just speaks so much more bigger picture to the like to women being silenced so I guess my question sorry I basically just went around in this big circle and maybe didn't ask the question but I guess the question is is there opportunity to explore that and um when watching this or do you hope that those discussions are had yeah so I think this series does a really good job uh, examining multiple Mormonisms and how they interact of course there's the latter day same faith and then there's fundamentalism and all these sort of breakout groups and they're interacting and depending on where you situate can depend on your level level of discomfort for me uh, the discomfort has always been a compass if something makes me uncomfortable I want to find out why and I think that that there's an invitation in the show to do that rather if, if you're if you're knee-jerk reaction is to distance yourself that's probably a good sign that, you, that there's something that you need to look at that might make you a little uncomfortable and so the show does that but if it gets too just you know uncomfortable there are multiple Mormonisms. Brenda's Mormonism is a Mormonism worth redeeming. It's a Mormonism worth fighting for. It's depicted so beautifully, so poetically and strongly. And and I think that if people want to find something good in the faith, look to her family. And, you know, too many people are focused on the other family. Mm-hmm. And then my last question, so I know I've asked you so many. If they, w- aside from religion, if, if it's possible for this, what what else can people find there? What bigger, what other conversation um, should people be having once they watch this and step away from it as far as making change? I think to me there are several things. One of them is the, the danger of certitude, the danger of certainty. Uh, you can become so certain that you can justify anything. And that shows up everywhere. We see that not just within religion, but of course in politics and in all kinds of movements. It's very easy to become radicalized into a fundamentalist sort of belief. And so there's a caution and there's a danger and an applicable uh, message there. I also think the, the idea of secrets, uh, how we keep secrets, how we tell our histories, how we tell stories about ourselves, they have an impact. We live in the mess of the past. And so people who are sort of scripting how we talk about our past, that has an impact today. And if we aren't forthcoming and if we hide the dark stuff, it's going to keep showing up. And I think the show does a good job portraying that. Thank you so much. And yeah. thanks for answering all my questions. Of course. Nice to meet you. This is Autumn. Hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm here with KRCL tonight. Yes, right. And um, I have so many questions. Where to start? Um, so I haven't seen the miniseries yet, but I've watched the trailer and then the research I've done. Um, one of the things I talked to Troy about is that I think possibly some people, is there, it seems like there might be the possibility that people could watch this and immediately just think that like this is the LDS church modern the modern LDS church versus fundamentalist and would you say that there that there's a pretty distinct difference in that yeah I mean I listen I and, and there's a reason for that one of the reasons is I grew up in the church and I remember how much it hurt when I went to and I was we were military so I was down in Texas in the, in the Windsor Ward, and so I was one of the few Mormons in my school. And when the kids would come and call me Pliggy and ask where all my moms were, I, I would very hurtful. And so I never in my life wanted to subject good rank-and-file Mormons 
to those kinds of ignorant stereotypes. So I absolutely make the distinction, not only between mainstream Mormons and, uh, and fundamentalist Mormons, but also cultural Mormons. Which is what most of my family probably is, what's in my heart still, which is I still put family first, I still put community first, I still abide by the golden rule. You know, this is, these are very different kinds of Mormon people. Now, one of the things that might be alarming to people who are Mormon is how easily these boys stepped from mainstream Mormonism. I think I have an uh, how they step from mainstream Mormonism into fundamentalism. How quickly that happened. How easily that happened. And what those beliefs have in common. I have to ask. Can you see it? I can't see it. Do you want me to put like earrings in it? I think I got it. I have a mirror. I think I got it. It's because I teared up. It made me cry. Um, so, so yes, those distinctions are absolutely clear in the show. Uh, but I do believe that because I grew up in it and I knew it, they are properly nuanced. And, and you know, no one gets off the hook. Every, every kind of Mormon is examined in this. Uh, and that's how it should be in a show like this. Uh, but I, I will say this. I come at it with curiosity. I come at it with the intention to shed light into some corners that I think have been dark for too long. And I think that it's it's that kind of truth-telling that will actually create the space to create change in a church that claims to be ever-changing. And I appreciate you um, answering, letting me lead with that question. And obviously, well, part of why I led with that is because of where we are in Salt Lake, and, and like even just the, some of the local media that's come out recently about this. Is, that's what they focus on, you know. It's like the representation, and, and I, there's so much more to it than, than that. I feel like you know, what drew you to? You said well, the dark shedding light in the dark corners. I mean, I think. You know, I've read a little bit about it, and I, I will say I was frankly a little surprised and disappointed by some of what I saw in the church's newspaper, because I think, I think the church really needs to ask what kind of Mormons they're defending, because the heroes of this show, Brenda Wright Lafferty, her entire family, Jeb Pyrie, Rebecca Pyrie, their kids, his beautiful mother, are all mainstream Mormons and they're the heroes of this show. If you're becoming defensive, you either haven't watched the show, I hope that's the case, because once you have, you realize what you're defending is the actions of two men who stepped into fundamentalism, murdered a 24-year-old woman, and nearly beheaded her baby child. Is that the kind of Mormon that the church and the, and the Deseret newspaper is standing up in defense of? I sure as heck hope not. Watch it carefully before you jump to defense, because you might regret what you come to defend. I think that's such an amazing point that you make, and because when I was reading the article, I felt like it distracted from the the fact that there was a woman and her baby who's lost their lives to this. Is it, you know. By the way, I will say a woman who was a devout Mormon to the end, a good-hearted, devout Mormon whose dad is a, still a warm-hearted uh, Mormon dad who was a bishop, come to their defense. Mm -hmm. 
step to their defense and to people like them today. I can't believe the church is jumping to defend Dan and Ron Lafferty. It makes me sick. Mm-hmm. So, as people are going in to watch this, it's about to premiere in just a few days. What? You know, I will also we... say, just in addition, not that I should harp on this article, but they sort of talk about painting all Mormons with one brush. This show absolutely does not do that. Right. And yet it then goes on to paint all of, quote-unquote, Hollywood with one brush. It did, yeah. I do not live in Hollywood. I don't even live in the United States, and we made this in Canada. There were more people from, quote-unquote, Hollywood that worked on the Joseph Smith film in Temple Square than on this project. So be careful before you brand everyone who makes films with the Hollywood brush. Right. And fact check. Maybe watch the show. Reach out for it. Yeah. Um, Well. Sorry, I just gave you a bunch of good stuff. You gave me some really great (laughs) stuff. No, and I appreciate it. Thank you. That's the goal. Um, What else do you do? You hope. viewers will take away from this because obviously there are going to be viewers all over not just in Utah and not with the kind of connection that maybe Utah people might have well you know also the criticisms about faith that are made in this show based on the facts of the case are not exclusive to Mormondom you know I would like anyone to name the faiths that treat men and women equally they don't exist there's very few. So, you know, I, I, I think uh, I think our love affair with fundamentalism needs to end. I see the world is going that direction. It's where Utah was going. When the Lafferty brothers did what they did. Those are outdated rules written by men exclusively a very long time ago when we didn't know better. We know better now, so we must do better now. And to me, that means teaching our kids we ought not be praying to a misogynist God. We're better than that. We know better now. We have to do better. I feel like I could ask you a million questions or just be like, amen to that. Uh, <laughs> that was right. beautiful. Right. So, thank you. This is my old talk radio show. So, hey, how are you? Hi, how are you? My name is Autumn. I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. I'll try not to take up too much time. Um, so, wow. It's been a really incredible red carpet experience. So, i got to take a breath for a second. All right. Preparing for this film, or for this uh, miniseries. Uh, here in Utah, obviously, you probably, if you've read any of the recent articles that have been posted, uh, there's a lot of discussion about the representation of the LDS church versus the fundamentalist. And I've talked a lot about with um, other uh, members of this project about the lines, uh, you know, whether they're blurred between modern LDS and fundamentalist. Um, the sense is that there's a very clear distinction. So I think, what would you say to that, firstly? And secondly, I'm really interested in knowing where, what would you say is like at the heart of the story that viewers should pay attention to and not get distracted by religion? Sorry, that was an incredibly long question. I can re-ask a shorter one. That's okay. That's all the time we have. I, um, <laughs> I had to work through my question no, after talking to Lance. No, I understand, yeah. Um, 
I think Lance has done a pretty great job in distinguishing between the different versions of what it is to be an LDS person. Um, and I, uh, I that, that's something that he's much more kind of uh, expert at than any of us. So, so for me, it was making sure that I was playing someone who was a modern LDS man that you know maybe wasn't um, as kind of affected by the more patriarchal kind of. I don't know, uh, structure that the LDS faith, you know, I have, my wife is a strong woman, and I'm in a, a family of women, and I'm the only male, I, I, I feel like he's just a sensitive, modern guy, um, which I, and I've met a, a lot of those um, LDS men. Um, I think thematically, gosh, there are so many things, and that's why I love this book and I love this the series that, that Lance has created and why I was so excited to be a part of it is because it is so rich in theme. Um, I think it is about the, the pull towards extremism, fundamentalism, certainty, as a feeling of safety to ward off insecurity, to ward off inadequacies, to ward off the sense of um, impotence, disempowerment. I think especially for for men in our particular culture um, who have been kind of uh, raised to believe uh, their, their own sense of entitlement, uh, which can which which obviously in the case of, of, of this extreme story of Dan and, and Ron Lafferty kind of led to a, a version of a god complex, a version of a kind of psychological break, really where they believed that they could fully hear the, the voice of God and it was telling them to kill. And uh, I, I think that to look at what draws us, what, what are the steps that lead us towards more fundamentalist, extremist kind of practices and organizations, I think that's a really worthy and important thing to look at. Um, I also think it's vital that we look at how women are treated in patriarchal structures. Um, think it's important to look at how, from, from my character's perspective, how do you honour the truth above all else? How do you honour, um, you know, your duty to uh, the, this horrible loss and, and, and how that interacts with your duty to your, your church, your family, your own personal desires, which for, for my character is... I want to hold on to my community. I don't want to be exiled. But by pursuing the truth, I might be. So where where does that lead? Anyway, I, I think it's a, I think it's kind of rich, rich, rich series. Uh, for your character, how does how does your character reconcile that? I don't think he does. I think it's it's a constant agonizing balance and. Uh, I don't know. It's good drama, you know. It's um, but I think ultimately a man like the like Jeb, the character I play, who is ethically kind of evolved and has a, a sense of inner ethic and di and dignity and integrity, just naturally gets to the point where he realizes he has to sacrifice the personal for for the, for the greater thing. Meaning he has, to, he has to be willing to risk letting go of the material things of his life in order for the larger spiritual thing, which is the truth, 
Um, so that's where I think he ends up having to get to just just shit, just merely by you know being be, being present in his life. He can't. He has no choice because of what his heart knows. I think. And um, there's. There's been a lot of different points made tonight, like in the questions that I've been asking, conversations I've had about um, being careful not to exploit and take it away from uh, exploit the stories of some people and not take not uh, taking away from the fact that at the heart of it, a woman and her child were killed. Yeah. And how how did you all as a as a production cast? I mean, how did you walk that? Well, I think that was the north. That was the north star. I think that was the thing that we always had to keep at the forefront of our consciousness, leading us in how we tell the story. Like it was all really led by the honoring the memory of Brenda Wright Lafferty and Erica Wright Lafferty, and, and everything else becomes secondary to making sure that we are honoring honoring that. Um, and then everything becomes quite simple off of that, you know. Once you have a North Star that is so precise and so vital and so righteous, you kind of can't go wrong, you know. And uh, last question for you. If this were to prompt, what I guess, what sort of action do you hope that this might prompt for those of engaging in the, in the miniseries you're watching? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about action, but I, but I, but I hope it... It does something to people's consciousness. I, I hope it's expansive um, for people's consciousness. Uh, in terms of action, I, I wouldn't be able to comment on that, but I do think it's a, it's illuminating for um, you know expanding, expanding our understanding of. Uh, and maybe looking deeper into the to, to the wound of a culture, to the wound of a, an organization, and you know, and, until we re until we really reconcile and deal with the wounds of the past and the sins of the past, whether we're, whether we're talking about a religion or whether we're talking about a family system or whether we're talking about an entire country or a culture, you know, it's very heartening to know, for example, that in all German schools they teach the Holocaust. You know, whereas. We're in a debate in our country about whether or not we look at slavery as, as something that still is percolating and influencing how we all interact um, on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. I think that's where the harm is when we don't actually deal with that old, old wound. So I think I, I, I would hope by dealing by stepping into the wound, we find healing. Thank you so much. Okay. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks.